Christ is risen. Christos was Christi. Christos Anasti. Christos Enviat. Christ is risen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Since the beginning of our Paschal celebration, which this Sunday constitutes the last Sunday of Pascha, we have heard all sorts of joyous proclamations of those finding the Messiah, those discovering his resurrection, those who are then sent out into the world to share the great message that God himself took on flesh and is risen from the dead after dying in three days in a tomb. But we've also heard other notes, other minor themes. One of those from the very beginning of our Paschal celebration is a note of fear. That the disciples, after having lost the Lord, gathered together and made sure the doors were shut out of fear. We have fear throughout the Gospel of John with the Jews, particularly the leaders, the Pharisees, the scribes, who are afraid of this Messiah, this rabbi, who teaches with authority, who is able to do miraculous, incredible things. But he's a threat. He presents something new. He is a threat to their power, to their prestige, to their position in their community. And today we find fear again in the gospel appointed for today of the blind man. Now, there's all kinds of fear. We have, as we've been talking about, the fear of the Jews, the leaders. They feared loss. There was a certain kind of fear, not just of loss, but that they would be exposed, that there would be change. We have, amongst others in the gospel accounts that we have been reading We find uncertainty, and as we have coming up uh, with the Feast of Ascension, and as we have at the Gospel reading at every baptism, when our Lord is telling them what is going to happen, that he then is going to ascend, that they are to go to Jerusalem, you have that little phrase, but some doubted. You have the fear that leads to uncertainty. You have the fear of others. And all of these fears that seem to be playing in the background of so many minds that our Lord encounters is, it seems, what, something I call the what-if spiral. What if this happens? Then this, and then this, and then this. What if, what if, I'm sure you can think of certain fears that you may have and start thinking, yeah, that's a what if. What if this was to happen? What if I was to be exposed? What if uh, somebody from my past was to come back? What if something awful is to happen? What if I, what if I lose my job? We call this the what if spiral that sends us careening away 
lacking all things, lacking all perspective, and it just feels great weight and oppression. The fear that we see in the Jews, the leaders here, the Pharisees in this gospel reading this morning, this fear is something that, as we've seen through many of the encounters with our Lord, it's a fear that blinds them. I know it's the blind man Sunday, but there is this constant theme through the Gospel of John. The paralytic, he's walking around, he can walk. We have where he has uh, declared in the temple at the mid-feast, and they're still wandering around trying to kill him. They've made that decision out of fear, but they can't see what is right in front of them. This is the kind of comic note throughout this conversation of the blind man who has been healed, right? Uh, You say that he's from Satan, but I don't know of anybody who can actually heal. And all these like, so I'm surprised. You want to be his disciple too? And they recoil in horror. Oh my goodness, no way. I don't want to follow him. And then he said, we don't know who he is. We follow Moses. He says, what a marvelous thing. No one from the beginning of time has been able to see, like get, been given sight again. And you can't see who this is? The parents, and this was the encounter in this gospel that made me kind of settle into the theme of fear. Because they go to the parents. And they're saying, they want to confirm. Is this really true? Is this a hoax? Is this your son who was born blind and does see now? And the parents answered, We know that this is our son, that he was born blind, but by what means he now sees, we do not know, or who opened his eyes, we do not know. He is of age, ask him. He will speak for himself. Now on face value, we think, maybe they really don't know anything. But John tells us, they said these things, Because they feared the Jews. Because they knew if they were to say, oh, it's Jesus. And, you know, we're intrigued by him. Why don't you go find this Jesus? They knew that they could be kicked out of the synagogue. So either the parents are blind themselves, as then they're in the same spot as the Pharisees. Or... They are what fear also does, besides blinding us, it kind of controls and drives us. It's what can contribute to blinding us, to the obvious. But fear is kind of like that adrenaline rush that we can get, that fright or flight, right? Fear itself can make us do and say things that are out of character or that we don't really mean, but we feel the heat, we feel the consequence, we feel what's happening, and out of fear... We react. These parents who feared are willing, of course, by being driven by this fear of all the consequences of actually answering their own son. Can you imagine? Their son who has been blind since birth can now see. Would you not imagine incredible joy overflowing? They're going to tell anyone and everybody about it. Nope, 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 nope. The fear just gripping them. 
And then lastly, what fear does besides blinding and controlling us, it divides. What did the parents do? They said, go talk to him. He's of age. He's responsible. He can tell you everything. Are they not concerned about him being kicked out of the synagogue? Do they not care? Being kicked out of the synagogue, that's not like not coming to church on a Sunday morning. This means being kicked out of your community, right? Completely. You go to the grocery store, they won't sell you something, right? This is serious consequences. The parents, out of fear, are blinded, controlled, and they even end up sacrificing their son. They're ready to divide. They're ready for things to just kind of fall apart for him so that they can control things and make sure that they are safe. Now let's look at the blind man who I would submit to you shows no fear but actually is we see a progression of faith. And if you think of the word faith and you immediately think faith means like I need to believe in one God, the Father, the Son, Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit. It's kind of content that that's what faith is. What faith in the Gospels means is trust, if you're to use another word outside of faith, that he trusted this man. I mean, think about this encounter. I mean, he can't see Jesus coming, right? But Jesus just starts, walks up to him and just starts this little discourse, right? He says, as long as I am in the world, you know, God is going to reveal through him. I must work the works of God, the father who has sent me while it's still day. The night is coming. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. And then he can hear Jesus go, take some dirt. And then he feels it on his face. Jesus putting this on his face. To heal him. I don't know about you, but my immediate reaction to somebody putting mud in my face is not, thank you, sir, can I have some more? <laughs> it is, hold on, stop. I'm going to look ridiculous. <laughs> this, like, now I have to clean. It's going to get on my clothing, all of this. But Jesus tells him, all right, go, not just I'm going to put this on and you're going to be healed. Now he tells him, go and wash. And he's like, yes, of course I'm going to wash. But you see that he does exactly what our Lord says. He goes and washes in the particular pool of Siloam. And then he comes back seeing. The blind man, when he encounters something that could make him you know, repulsed, uh, just laugh it off like, this is ridiculous. Who is this? What is going on? He literally put dirt, clay in my eyes. But you see this beginning as throughout this entire encounter of a blossoming open of faith. Because he could see by faith. Faith or trust is ultimately a dogged desire for truth. Because faith wants to know and believes that there is truth. That there is hope. That there is something outside of myself that is going to help me. We saw this with the paralytic as he sat by the pool, knowing 
that God acted with the angel stirring up the water. We see this with the blind man who in faith responds to being, you know, plastered with dirt, that he goes and washes in accordance with what this man, Jesus, had told him. Faith acts, trust acts, without knowing everything. This is one of the keys to faith. It's kind of what makes faith, faith, or trust, trust, that you don't know absolutely everything. The relationship with God is not a mathematical equation. It's not sealed in the books that we can go out and make, you know, chart it all out and it all works out. It's more dynamic than that because God does not reveal everything to us. We do not know what is going to happen in the future. This faith, this dogged desire for truth is what leads him to when he's questioned again and brought before the Pharisees. They ask him, who is this? He now says, it's a prophet. The one who did this is a prophet. He already confesses more than what his parents will. He is open to what has happened. This faith also is in a way, and the opposite of fear, it controls or drives us. It makes us in that dogged pursuit of truth, pursue truth no matter the cost. You can see the blind man who has responded in faith to the Lord, who is then going to be a faithful witness to what Jesus had done to him. First, he's going to say he's a prophet, and he can see they're calling his parents. He can actually see now. I'm sure that he's still in utter amazement and trying to process everything that's happening now. But he can see this isn't going to end. (laughs) They want to know what is going on. They've gone to my parents, and now they come again. That his faith drove him to pursue the truth no matter the cost. That he in that faith would follow through with the commands of Christ. This is something that we see throughout the Gospels. Jesus, when he calls disciples to follow him, he does not say, sit down and do all the homework. He says, follow me. When Jesus gives us commandments, it helps for us to understand them. But the path that we see throughout Scripture, especially Proverbs, the wisdom literature, but especially in the Gospels, how do we know what our Lord says is true? It's by the actual doing of it that we learn the truthfulness of it. This is how we do almost anything. How do we learn to trust? We have to actually go out on a limb and trust someone. If we know that the teachings of Christ are true and we start to do them, they there's some aspect like, I know this is true. There's something about this that makes sense. I don't fully understand it. But I still need to do what our God and Savior tells me to do. In this pursuit, this dogged actual pursuit, no matter the cost of putting into action, not just thinking about the commandments of Christ, he is able to see clearer, more clearly, more clearly. First, he can physically see. Then he sees Christ as a prophet. And then by the time we get to the end, when Jesus reveals himself and Jesus says, do you believe in the Son of God? 
He's completely open. Who is this so that I can believe in him? And then Jesus reveals to him, you've seen him. You have seen him. And it is he who is talking with you. What is incredible in the blind man's pursuit of truth, being driven to find it out no matter what the cost was to him as the Pharisees were after him, it's that, as scripture tells us, Jesus went out and found him. Jesus, instead of dividing like the parents who are ready to push him off, have him sacrifice the son, Jesus, the one who reunites him, brings him back into the fold after the Pharisees have cast him out. Christ has told us those who lose family and friends will gain more in following after Christ. One of the great fears that we may have, especially in this day and age, is very similar to the parents' fear that we're going to be thrown out, that we're not going to be accepted. Instead of the synagogue, we have, of course, the world. But Christ is the one who unites us to himself, who gives us brothers, sisters, mothers, fathers in the church. For it's Christ who will not cast us out, but who himself will reveal himself, will validate will strengthen our faith and trust in him. Christ is the light of the world. And he will be faithful to us. He will seek us out. He will do all of these things, not if we follow the path of the parents and the Pharisees, but if like the blind man, we openly look for the truth, pursue the truth, And then look to be united with the truth. He will raise us up. This is the basic theme of Pascha. That we ourselves who are dead and buried in Christ will like him be resurrected. This is what our faith pivots on. That we can trust him. That we can cast out fear. That he is with us. That he will raise us up. As we sing in the baptismal rite, the Lord is my light and my Savior, of whom shall I fear? Christ is risen. Christos Christ is risen.